Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris LaSalle. That would make me your other co-host, David Stoker. Hey, Dave. Chris, how's it going? Good, good. It's Friday. It is. It that is. indeed. Yeah. So here we go. We are talking about minute number 33 of The Search for Spock. Minute 33 starts with Kirk saying, I'm not even sure that I believe and ends a minute later with Morrow saying, anytime. 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 So this this minute's just a continuation of uh, the conversation <clears throat> uh, between Kirk and Morrow. Kirk's trying to convince um, convince Morrow to let him go back to Genesis. And uh, we're just getting uh, more of, I guess we're getting a little deeper into the, you know, the reasons yeah. why Kirk wants to get into it. I mean, uh you know, he starts off with, I'm not even sure I believe. And, and this is in reference to Morrow saying he's never understood Vulcan mysticism. Right. So I'm just going to come out and ask you. Um, you know, we enjoyed talking about Last Minute because it had some cool stuff in it. We, you know, we lot, we noticed a lot of the things in the background and, you know, the the, the, the the star base and, you know, people in the background. And it was all cool. Yep. And I'm just wondering, maybe we paid so much attention to this stuff in the background because these minutes are not as exciting as I think we originally thought. Because I got to tell you, I'm not loving this minute. No, it's a bit of a snoozer. It's <laughs> uh, it's also funny too. I, I agree with you because yeah, yesterday uh, Wednesday we were talking about it, it was. Um, it's also an exciting <clears throat> exciting sequence because we're seeing you know. Starfleet life, not on a starship, yep. right? We're in this, mm-hmm. the officers' lounge, but uh, yep, it's definitely it was it was pretty much only exciting for that minute. <laughs> yeah, because now I'm like here, and I got to tell you, there's uh, you know, I'm gonna say I'm a big fan of Shatner, but there's one instance in this in this minute where I just feel like I don't know if it was maybe the director, the cinematographer, the way the scene was, you know whether it was Nimoy or whoever, there's one part of this minute that I just feel like is Saturday morning, you know, after school special or whatever, kind of. I'm waiting for the the really bad after school special music to be playing or the Homer Simpson, you know, circus music to be playing. (laughs) What? Um, and we'll get to that in okay. a minute. But I I'm, just, I'm just trying to really try, – now I'm trying to guess, like, what, what moment you're talking about. I have I have an idea, but uh, – uh, okay. So, when we get to it, you'll tell us? I will I will tell you. Just giving you a little lead-in to what I'm thinking. Oh, all right. Oh, I'm looking for the Homer Simpson moment. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so Kirk says he's, he's not even sure. He believes um, – and, again, the scene started with um, – it was kind of mid conversation. This is I'm going back to the prior right. minute, but the, the, this this whole scene has started mid conversation. So presumably, uh, Kirk has explained what Sarek has shared about Spock's Katra and and he's in McCoy and needs to get him back to Vulcan and all that stuff. Um, so th- that makes sense with, with Kirk saying he's not even sure he believes. Um, I think it's even deeper. He's like, but you know, even if there's a chance that Spock has an eternal soul, yeah, and I'm like. <laughs> 
that is a there's a it just opens like a whole can of worms you know what i mean like the the, the ultimate question that isn't it to, you know part of being human is is you know you know is there a soul is there an afterlife all this stuff and yep. and now he and now as kirk's talking about it almost matter of factly and you know oh yeah spock probably has an internal soul we gotta we gotta right we gotta fix it up um i just it's the weight and the knowledge that he that he has is um i don't know how it's not just a scene of him just sitting there like you know, staring off into space, just wondering, yeah. like, wow, do I have a soul? What happens when I die? Will I get to, you know, that's not fair. How come Spock gets to live? You know, like, I mean, how come I can't have a Katra? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, there's a, I, I feel like, yeah, that's a heavy weight to be carrying around to be like, you know, if, yeah, I just, I don't even know how to, how to word it because it, I never really thought of this movie in the terms of the, the metaphysical or the theological way, you know, uh, afterlife. And um, obviously, part of the core of this movie is is the afterlife. It is the soul. It is yeah. Spock's Katra. And, you know, I know we, we, we always bag on, you know, episode five or, or movie five because of the quote, search for God, and, you know, why does God need a starship? And, um, you know, we always sort of, you know, it's not a very, not that that's why it's a bad movie, that, that lends to it, but but here we're sort of on the same sort of slippery slope with religion, sort of theological exploration, and, and I feel like they handle it very well here, whereas maybe in movie five, they, they don't. Yeah, there's, it's, it's very... Uh, as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, it's very Star Trekky. Yes, you know, these guys are scientists. These guys are explorers. They're, you know, it's, and not that there isn't uh, spirit spirituality, you know, right in the universe uh, at this time frame. But it's, yeah, it's, I guess it's taken much more matter matter of factly. Kind of, they're dealing with it, I guess, like scientists would. I don't know. It's it's so it's such a, yeah, it's such an interesting concept because it. When you blend that, when you blend this concept of afterlife and this, the soul with a Vulcan, you know, it's like wow. Yeah, I, the two things you never guess that go together are. Well, yeah, I think we've been sort of having this discussion on the, you know, the the listener federation, you know, going around about Katra and things like that, and I don't think we've gotten to the, in the part that sort of I don't know if it's not bothering me, but maybe it's just sticking in the back, you know, and I hear Spock saying over again, "Is it logical?" Is it logical? And they are such a logical race that that you know removes emotion. But on the same side, you have on the other side you have this mysticism of you know, and even you know, um, Moro says that you know, I honestly I don't understood, I, I never understood the Vulcan mysticism. So you have these two almost differing views on after. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like some. Uh, this is going to come out wrong no matter how I say it, so I'm just going to come out and say it. You know, you have the scientist side, the logical side of Spock, who I feel like wouldn't necessarily believe in the soul or the afterlife, but yet because of this Vulcan mysticism, there is the chance that he could have a soul and therefore an eternal life. Yeah. It's, do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there are two opposing forces sort of coming together. Which, I, yeah, I totally agree, and I, maybe that, and that's also, but that's a little bit, in a way, you just defined a Vulcan, right? It's, yeah, yeah. It's this logical and emotional side that are, you know, I guess not in balance. They're they really kind of uh, wipe out all their emotion and, and just and just be logical and right. Maybe that's the maybe that's the 
<sighs> maybe that's the result. <laughs> you know, they oh, maybe this, they put all this logic into their lives, and they need to have this outlet on the other side. Mm. Like, okay, when I die, at least maybe I can have a laugh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean. Obviously, they even look at it logically, like we talked about the Hall of Vulcans. I forget what the name of it was, um, but you know where basically the the Hall of Heads are, and you can you, you know they're even thinking of it logically. Like even if I do have an eternal soul, I'm going to do it for the betterment of the Vulcan race. Right. It, it's the Hall of Ancient Thought. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I still like the I still like the Hall of Heads. Yeah. Uh, whew. So yeah, eternal souls, and not only that, not only is that you know as heavy of a topic as it is, you know, eternal soul. Now yeah. Kirk is also saying, uh, if Spock does have that eternal soul, it's his responsibility. So now Kirk has taken total ownership for this. Of right, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of Spock's soul. <laughs> now, it's not like it's even if it was a you know a, a jar of his ashes, you know, it'd be like. That, that feels almost, you know, he's talking about it almost that way. You know, well, I'll get his ashes back to Vulcan, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about his soul. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's, it's too So big. then, so to even further that he says, you know, Morrow asks him, you know, yours, as if to say, it's your responsibility, to which he then responds, as surely if it was my very own. Like, he yeah. talks about this thing that may or may not be true that he has this great responsibility and then he's putting it on the same level that of his own self like that must be how I gotta imagine that that's how much it's like it's really gripping in him that A it's his friend his lifelong friend is now no more and that B he might be the cause of that he might not be no more because, and I know that's great English, but, um, <laughs> like <what>? you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that because he left his body and on, on Vulcan, he may not be able to get, or uh, not on Vulcan, on Genesis. Right. He may not be able to fulfill that, that friendly, you know, the, the, the promise to, to, to get to eternal life, to eternal you know what I'm trying to say? I do. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's interesting you say the guilt thing. Um, I don't know if we've talked about it. Do you think? Do we? Have we ever talked about? This? Do we think Kirk feels guilty for the death of Spock? I think in this moment, I think he sort of lets lets it be known that he may bear some of the guilt because he says it's his responsibility yeah. that he that he, you know surely as this was his own soul. That he and I do. I feel like he. Why else would he be feel so strongly about about that? I mean, yeah. I, I guess if, yeah, if he winded all the way back, right? Not only did you know he could be say it's his responsibility because oops, I forgot to bring him to Vulcan, right? Or yep. wind it back further. Oops, uh, you know, Spock got killed mm. because, because winding back further. Oops, I dumped Khan on a planet 15 years ago and never checked yep. up on him. You know, all, all those and and. Kirk definitely that got thrown at him at least once or twice in Wrath of Khan, whether it was I don't think of the director's cut when Scotty you know was questioning why, why did you know Peter Preston have to die? Right. Um, yeah. and, and you know, Kirk says, Because of Khan and then I, and then Carol Marcus is like, Who is this Khan? You know, what you know, so it's all of this is kinda well, I guess not kinda Kirk's fault. It's kinda Khan's fault, but 
<laughs> well, yeah, I don't want to pin everything on Kirk. I mean, he made decisions, and we live by those decisions that we make. And, you know, one sort of – I mean, he didn't necessarily expect that the planet was going to explode and throw the other one out of orbit and totally lay waste to everything and therefore disrupting, you know, what would have been a peaceful exile, <laughs> if there is a peaceful exile. Um and then, you know, ultimately leading to his best friend's death. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but I feel like he is definitely coming out here and basically saying, hey, this is my fault. This is, you know, he died on my watch. And, oh, by the way, I probably should have brought his body back. Yeah. Okay, so here's, here's a question for you. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Uh, pretty heavy stuff we're talking about here. <clears throat> Where would Kirk draw the line of, yeah, I'm not going to push it. If it was, if Sulu had died instead of Spock. <laughs> oh, I know where you're going. Um, <laughs> would he be, would he, about, would he do what he's about to do? You know, there was this, if, if there was a yeah. chance that I could save my Helmsland's life, you know, and raise eternal soul, would, you know, uh, you wonder like Peter Preston, what about Peter Preston? You know, could you do anything for him? You know, um, and I know I'm just trying to cause trouble, but you know it's. it's no, do no. We I think, do we think Kirk is as noble a character that he would, if it was any member of his crew, that there was a chance like this that he would do whatever it takes. I, I deep down I would like to believe that, but reality is I I don't know if he would. Even McCoy, I have to. Oh. I'd have to give serious thought. See, I think I feel the reverse. I think I think he would do anything for any of them if there was a chance. But but the but the reality is he'd probably there there'd probably be some you know he'd he'd, he'd hand it off you know like uh, Sulu hey uh, Scotty can you do me a favor and get Sulu back too? <laughs> <laughs> he'd, he'd delegate it. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm. I'm. Uh, we still got a ways to go in this minute, but I'm already I, like emotionally drained. Yeah, yeah no, really. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, so Kirk then says, you know, give me back the Enterprise with Scotty's help. I could. We never know what he could do because Morrow then cuts him off and says, "No, Jim, the Enterprise would never stand the pounding, and you know it." Foreshadowing. Uh, two questions. Uh, one, uh, where did the glasses come from in this moment? So, obviously, <laughs> magically appearing glasses. Right. So when, when, so, when Moreau says, you know, the Enterprise will never take a pounding, this, this, the yep. camera angle sh- switches. We can see that it's the, the full room again, and we can see the table, and there's drinks in front of Kirk and, and Moreau that just magically appeared. Yeah, they weren't there before. So I have a. So when we first watched this minute, and I had talked to you about it, I was like, "Hey, I think there might be a continuity issue with the glasses." And I think we both were like, "Holy crap!" Like, magically appearing glasses. Yeah. I believe if you look around the ten to eleven second minute, there's a waiter, and he has a couple of glasses, and I think through our view, whether it's we're looking at Kirk. Uh, when we're looking at Kirk for an extended period of time, I think the um, the waiter may put him there, but I feel like there's just not enough time for him to 
get over there while they're talking, put the glasses down, and then walk away because he's then nowhere to be seen. Oh, I see. So there's a, a cut in the conversation maybe? Yeah. So I'm wondering if this was more of an extended conversation and we might be missing a little bit of dialogue here. Perhaps even the waiter putting the glasses down. Yeah. Uh, there's, there is there is more, that, you know, now that I'm thinking about it and we were mm-hmm. talking about off offline uh, – looking for some meat to this scene right to this minute uh there is the conversation in the novelization is much longer and there's a little bit of more it's more back and forth between kirk and morrow um and after morrow says you know enterprise wouldn't stand the pounding uh kirk comes back with you've changed harry you used to be willing to take some risks and harry's like i used to be i used to have different responsibilities than i have now so there was more conversation so if that got cut they that's probably when the drinks got dropped. Could be. And, I'm, yeah. you know, now that I'm thinking about this, I wonder how many, you know, takes they did of this because it does look like even with the continuity of the background and everything, I'm wondering if they did this with maybe like, you know, three or four cameras set up and maybe this was one long cut and they just cut out what they didn't need. Oh, maybe. I, I mean, I'm happy that the drinks are yellow. I know I was complaining about that Wednesday. <laughs> they heard me. They heard my cry. <laughs> All I, I need now did. is a green drink, and I'll have the whole I'll have red, green, yellow, blue. Yeah, I don't think they have one. Um, but they do have some. One of the listeners uh, found out that we do have some uh, nori maki rice crackers or uh, nori maki uh, – what is it? A, a, something? Yeah, no, nori maki rice cracker. I think Keith had mentioned because we had talked about space peanuts in the, uh, in the bowl, but apparently it's some sort of Japanese snack. All right. And do you buy it? I guess. I guess you can get it on Amazon. I still think it's fiddle battle. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I didn't mean literally buy it. I did. I meant, do you believe it that this? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, do I buy it? Yeah. Um, it looks pretty close. I will say. It, they, it does, they I will say it looks very, very convincing. But I can almost believe that they would have put some. Just some little pieces of nothing there. Because Kurt's like playing with it. I know. <laughs> um, fascinating. It is a, you know, that's a job. I, I would like to interview uh, somebody who does set decoration. Right? Yeah. And puts all these props out. Because, you know, you know, that was, I think we talked about what the glass is like, right? I want a, I want a glass that's uh, looks futuristic, right? And, uh, you know, I want... Deck, you know, things in the back. Granted, that whoever did the set decorating here has got magazines. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> which is weird. Um, but yeah, find me a space cracker. You know, okay, these these things are weird. I found these at the local corner store. These look pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I had two questions. So that was the where did the glasses come from? Yeah. Uh, but what what does Morrow mean when he says the Enterprise would never stand the pounding? Because that seems like you said, foreshadowing, but right now we shouldn't be assuming anything's going to go wrong, right? He just wants to hop on the Enterprise and hit warp and get there as fast as he can. Is it, so is he just saying that? You know, if he, anything were to ha- well, obviously, so I, I've been thinking about that a little bit, and we know that this is some colossal galactic scandal. Yep. And that everyone under the sun apparently knows about, you know, it's like this is, you know, it's a secret. And naturally, everyone knows about it. You know, I think about like Harry Potter, the end of the first book, you know, you know, all this was a big secret. But naturally, everyone knows, you know, kind of thing. And um, 
I feel like because of this galactic, you know, thing, they're only allowing the science vessels out, which I feel like again, bad mistake. Um, right, no cover, no cover, and then you you know the Enterprise just came back in, you know, basically limped back to Starbase to get refit and recrewed, and you know Kirk is like, hey, I'm gonna I want to head back out to the trouble zone and moral right rightfully is like hey you take one more hit with that thing and you could all go up oh okay so he's i see what you're saying <clears throat> so i think you know he's trying to protect him and you know i i think rightfully so oh yeah no i i i think i think moro's making the right decision and the right call as an as whatever uh what what's his title he's not admiral uh the commander of Starfleet. Yeah, commander of Starfleet. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's making the right call. You know, you wouldn't let a, a a battleship out back onto the ocean if it was full of holes. You know, <laughs> of course not. Um, but you think you'd think he'd like, well, look, I'll give you, uh, you know, this rinky-dink ship here. That's it's got warp capability. You know, let me I'll loan you one. You know, I'll give you throw him throw him a bone. Yeah, well, that's what I, I think I was, you know, you hope for is that he'd be like, well, Enterprise just won't take it. But, hey, you could take, you know, the Yorktown or whatever. Mm. The Yorktown, is that a real, is a real Starfleet ship? Um, I think so. Yeah, that sounds like a good Starfleet, a good Starship name. Yeah, I like to believe that. I like to believe so. Yorktown. So, yeah, Kirk, Kirk even says, he says, then I'll find a ship, I'll hire a ship. And Morrow's like, hey, out of the question, man. The council said... No one but the science team goes to Genesis. And then we get into some odd commentary from Morrow. Jim, your life and career stands for rationality, not intellectual chaos. Keep up this emotional behavior and you'll lose everything. I feel like we could do just a whole minute on what Morrow says here. Right, because I'm like, uh, is that what is that how you would describe Kirk? Is a a career (laughs) built on rationality? Absolutely. I, I think you know he's like keep up this emotional behavior and i'm like well isn't that kind of what kirk is isn't he like all guts and emotion like isn't that yeah. part of the 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 i don't know what you want to call the the archetypes that him spock and mccoy all sort of you know fulfill is you know kirk is the you know i, I joke about the song you know shoot to kill i come in peace shoot to kill he's all about the non-rational decisions you know that save their butts by the skin of their teeth and you know scott uh, spock is all about being rational and intellectual and not and non-emotional right i i did uh i don't know if we should go on this tangent of star trek discovery probably now it's not the time yep but i did think of you uh huh. when uh when they talk about coming in peace have you seen yeah. have you seen the first two I have seen the first two, and you know, yeah. perhaps we will discuss at some point. <laughs> Save it, Chris. I will say no, but I will say I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the show. I am very much enjoying the show. I think I will, you know, I'll go as far to say that I think Discovery is hooked me. You know, with everything from the top-notch acting, the sets, the special effects, the writing. Um, I'm just want to know where we're going to go. I think that's my big question: is where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? For sure. Um, yeah, we should probably have a special episode where we talk about it. Yeah. You and I haven't talked about it really at all yet. Nope. Um, and uh, we need to because I think there's some there's some there's some juicy stuff we can we can yeah I think so there. yeah yeah. So hey, let me ask the listeners. Maybe they would like us to do a special episode where we talk about discovery. Sure. 
we won't be the first podcast to do it, but why not? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think there's all sorts of interesting stuff to to uh, to speculate about and and yeah. tie things back to other things. And uh, I love how we're just trying to get away from this minute. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So, I think we both agree that you know how Morrow describes Kirk, maybe not how Kirk really is, mm-hmm. or maybe not. Maybe. Maybe we are the ones who don't know Kirk very well, and Morrow does. But I don't. I don't necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's not. I'm not buying it. I mean, it, it doesn't stand for rationality, not intellectual chaos. I, okay, I agree with that. I don't think. I don't think we're talking about intellectual chaos unless it's really this yeah. whole this whole deep, heavy, you know, heavy topic of consciousness yeah. and soul, eternal souls. But I don't know if I call it intellectual chaos. I think that's just more, you know introspection and you know asking the big questions in life and but maybe they don't have a place maybe there's no place for that in in starfleet and in the, you know the, this military <clears throat> setting and it just doesn't right. it doesn't uh they don't go together separate yeah. church and state kind of thing hmm. Hmm. yeah i don't know sure. but uh so <laughs> so while Murrow is talking to him we see this low, slow pan in, you know, slow zoom in of of Kirk, and this is sort of where he's sort of looking off, totally not paying attention tomorrow. Mm. This is where I feel like the Homer Simpson moment, where you can almost see him thinking of, you know, like not even not even paying attention, like I hear you, but I don't hear you, kind of thing. Yeah, he's like, and he just has, he just has that face too, like you know. Um, and I said, like after school special, like I, I expect like sad music to be playing as we're sort of this really slow, awkward zoom in as we're sort of watching him stare off into space. Mm-hmm. I, I just find it as as much as I did not like this minute. I feel like that this particular thing is very awkward. I I, I was ready for it to go to a flashback at that point. <laughs> You know, that's almost like when I, you know, diddly, diddly, they would, yeah. <laughs> they'd switch to that too. Yeah, it is, it is an odd, uh, an odd choice. But I'm assuming he's already made his decision at this point. He, he's like, yep. You know, so he's, he's making his yeah. plan. So I was thinking about something we talked about during Wrath of Khan, and it was, um, it was right after Khan attacks the Enterprise, and um, you would ask the question about when does Kirk start coming up with the plan? And we sort of like went through, it's like, you know, you can see him thinking about what he's going to be doing. Like, you know, the, the talking up the, the, the charts and all that kind of stuff, you know, reliance data charts. And here is the moment you can definitively see the wheels turning being like, I'm not listening to you because I've already made up my mind. Yeah. I wonder, I'm going to save the question. And it's, it's more the question of, you know, he's got a plan. Uh, I'm wondering did, did it, when he came up with the plan. Is it here, or is it later, or is it before this meeting? Or, uh, but I'll, let, let's save that because I think there's a couple other things related to that I want to talk yeah. about, but it doesn't fit in this minute. Um, speaking of Wrath of Khan, I, uh, Kirk's reply. You know, he's after the after the long mm. the long zoom in. You know, his face all changes. Like, ha, 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 I hear you. Yeah. I had to try. Uh, it made me think of the. Uh, this similar moment in Wrath of Khan when, <clears throat> when uh, he's like, uh, I see your point <laughs> to, yeah. to Khan when Khan's like, you know, I, I have no word to give. Yeah. Um, so I just chuckled oh, yeah. there. Of course, it would have been funny if Kirk made this face to Khan. This this jokey, <laughs> total fake smile. 
<laughs> yeah, you can totally tell he's like, I'm not listening to anything you say, Morrow. Yeah. Don't you think Morrow would wise up to this too? Like, wait a minute, that's a total fake laugh and I had to try. <laughs> what are you planning? <laughs> Sit back down here, pal. That's a fake laugh. Yeah. Uh, so we get thanks for the drink and uh, thanks for the drink that I didn't drink, nor did I know we even was there. Yeah, he didn't drink it, did he? Nope. I don't think either of them drank it. Hmm. That would be funny if they just the one one final moment of Morrow like both drinks, one in each hand. <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't. The, the, the very very last shot <clears throat> is you know Kirk standing up, and it's a kind of a faraway shot of him standing mm. up, and uh, the the whole angle of the room. That's not what I. That's not what I pictured. Yeah, me neither. They were I thought they were like out in the middle of the space. Oh yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, because um, yeah, because you see people all walking around. I did not picture them being having like a view of yeah the yeah. the skyline there behind what appear to be some sort of weird setup of comfortable chairs. Sure. Yeah. Totally. It's a lounge. It's for chilling out. True. It, I guess it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a lounge. Lounge. It's the captain's lounge. <laughs> Late uh, nights with Kirk in the captain's lounge. Now you make me think of like the Merv Griffin set from <laughs> in Seinfeld. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, on that note, um, those yeah, all, I, think I, didn't, we, yeah, I think we're good here if you are. Uh, yeah, I think we're good. Anytime. Okay. All right. Well, cool. Well, let's wrap it up. It's Friday. Let's go enjoy the weekend. Uh, folks, um, we are asking, I think, just about once a week or so, if you uh, if you could please head on out to uh, to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and uh, uh, give us a rating, leave us a review. Uh, we're trying to get our get the show further up in the in the rankings of uh, all of these Star Trek podcasts that are out there, and we need your help to do that. And uh, uh, please and thank you. And we're going to be back on Monday talking about minute thirty four of the search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Anytime.